You are listening to the Hoops Fix podcast, the official voice of the UK's largest basketball website. Visit hoopsfix.com for exclusive news, videos and more. Welcome to another episode of the Hoops Fix podcast with me, I host Sam Nita, full-time British basketball advocate. I hope you're all doing well. Uh, on this week's show, we have Ashley Hamilton for the London City Rules. Um, we've been trying to set up this interview for a long time, uh, but luckily it's kind of worked out perfectly because uh, now we're in a situation where obviously he has returned and he's been playing, so he has a little bit more of his experiences to share. Um, it was a really interesting conversation, so many uh, really good stories. He actually proved to be a, a very, very good uh, storyteller, so I do think that you will enjoy it as much as I did. Um, before we do get into the show, got to give a quick mention to our Patreon. Um, if you value our work, if you want to support our work, please check out our Patreon account, patreon.com forward slash hoopsfix. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash hoopsfix. There you can sign up for as much or as little as you like every single month to donate to us to help support our work and help um, grow our contribution to the British basketball media landscape. We're trying to become 100% financially sustainable and independent. And that re- that relies on us coming directly to you, our readers, our, our watchers, our viewers, our listeners, um, and asking to support us. So go and check it out, patreon.com forward slash hoopfix. And if you are willing to support us, I will be forever indebted to you. Anyway, um, here is this week's show. As always, if you're, if you're listening on iTunes, please do take a quick second to leave, leave us a rating and review. It is hugely appreciated. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, please leave a comment below. You can leave a comment on the site. And if you want to email me, speak to me privately directly, um, sam at hoopsfix.com. I would love to hear from you on every single social media platform at Hoopsfix. Anyway, that is enough for me. Here is this week's show with me and Ashley Hamilton. Ash, welcome to the show. Thank you, man. Thank you. It's been a long time coming. Obviously, we've been uh, trying to organise this a little, a little while, and uh, the yeah. schedules haven't quite aligned until today. Yeah. Um, I mean, there is so much stuff to go into, but I think the most obvious place to start is the fact that you're back in the UK and the fact that we can yeah. actually do this. Yeah. Um, so, kind of, yeah, talk about the, you know, how you've ended up back here, uh, how signing with the London City Rules uh, first came about. Um, I mean, um, obviously, I got injured in the summertime. I got injured in the summertime, so that kind of um, freed up my schedule. Um, I knew I was going to be out for a while, at least six months after my surgery. And um, I was supposed to have a continued deal with my team in Spain, but um, they ended up letting me go. So um, I just knew I wasn't going to take that the same type of job, the same type of, um, in the same type of leagues. I told my agent I wasn't going to do that, the same type of thing. I felt like I, you know, I wasn't getting my fair my fair dues, so I wasn't about to take the same type of job unless it was like legit a better opportunity or better money. So I was just turning jobs down. I just kind of knew like I was ready for like the long haul. Like I, you know, I was prepared not to sign for a team until January, February, or not even play if I didn't. You know, I wasn't gonna do it. Like I wasn't gonna about to do the same things. So I was obviously in that mind space, and I was in that time and. I was at home and you know, normally when I come home, I see Namo, you know, um, I've had a good relationship with Namo for over 10 years now. And um, yeah, basically I, I, I signed the team because of Namo, you know, I talked to Namo, he told me about the vision, you know, for the team. He told me that he'd finally found some people that he believed in to help bring the vision about the right way, you know. Um, he wanted this to start in 2019 but I guess with these dropping out, it, the BBL wanted the team earlier, sooner rather than later. So it became an opportunity. And then, you know, one thing led to another, and now I'm sitting here. <laughs> and uh, 
I think to give context to people, obviously last season, you know, I know that when we spoke, when I saw you at Crystal Palace, um, yeah. you know, you, you obviously played with Manresa, it was Lev Gold and you yeah. helped guide them to promotion to the ACB. Yeah. Um, so was that deal originally, you just said that it was meant to actually continue on to this year. Yeah, yeah. And then they decided that they they weren't going to bring you back after you you know put in your time for the year and, and yeah yeah I mean they did it with a few of us it was kind of it was almost like they were like oh, okay we're back to where we want to be you know thank you we're going to bring our own guys in now which you know you can't be mad at you can't be mad at them for that you can't be mad at other leagues for that you know um, it happens a lot you know people kind of I feel like as as British players or you know as imports in another country you you, you know you're a hired gun teams bring you in to fulfill their agenda. And once it's there, you know, thank you very much, you know, and we move on how we want to move on. That's why I thought it was so important to kind of have something where you're at home in your country with your people. So, you you know, you're working together to fill out each other's agendas rather than you're just going over there to help other people achieve their goals. But I mean, I mean, it was, it was an amazing year. It was a great year, you know, still very close with a lot of the people there in the franchise and obviously all the players yeah, were boys, you know, so. We won a championship together. That's always very special. So it was, a, it, was a, it was a wonderful year. Do you bring that? Do you kind of have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder? Is there a part of you that feels disrespected about that? Um, you know that now that you were in that situation where you kind of you've done exactly your job, the reason mm. they brought you there, and then even then you still can't get a look to to come back and then you know prove your worth in the ACB. Um, no, nah, not really. I mean, I've I've been getting ACB offers like the last three four years, but it was always like. The ACB was always like, um, oh, okay, we're going to pay you half of what you're making. You know, just be happy for the opportunity to be here. So I was always like, nah, I'm cool. You know, it's, it's not that serious, you know. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's a job and I've got to take care of myself and my family. So um, that happens a lot too. Like, you know, like for you to get that next step up or the next jump up, they'll be like, okay, yeah, come up. Yeah, we want you, but you've got to do it for this. And it's... So, you know, <laughs> is they kind of doing cheap work for exposure? Yeah, thing? yeah, yeah, and they, and they they love doing they love doing that to you. They love doing that to you, especially as a British player. Like you're not you're not you're not quite American, you know. Yeah, and you're not quite European. So it's like they they can take the mick, and especially if you don't have a big name, it can be difficult. You know, it's a difficult situation. So it's not that I have a chip on my shoulder. I just I've always kind of been the guy like. You know, I didn't go to a big school in college, you know, I wasn't highly, I, I mean, I, I was recruited well, but, you know, I didn't go to a big school, Um, coming out, coming out, going professional, like, you know, I had a couple of opportunities early with the league, but that didn't work out, so it's not like I've had, like, the biggest resume, you know, I've done well everywhere I've gone, but it's always been on the climb up, on the, on the, on the up and up, so it's not that I have a chip, I have a chip on my shoulder just because I always know I have to prove myself, but, um, yeah, I mean, in that situation, it just kind of felt more like, and I have to be, I got injured too. It's not just like, like who knows? If I didn't get injured, maybe it was a situation like, they're like, mm, he's going to be out for a while. We're not sure how it's going to be like when he gets back or, I don't know, you know, unfortunately I've had a lot of injuries in my time, you know, and it's, mm. they've, they've been pretty like time consuming injuries. So I have to factor that into it too. I never really, I never tried to point the finger too much. I try to look, look at myself and be like, mm, how could you be better? What could you have done different? But I mean, if I got my opportunity, then yeah, I mean, it would have been nice. It would have been nice. So when um, when you knew that signing the BBL was going to be a reality, mm. you know, what was your mental process around it? Like, you know, we we know what the perception has always been in the BBL. Like, I'm I'm sure 
you know, when you were coming out of school, you didn't mm. think, oh, you know, I want to sign in the BBL. That's kind of like my priority. Um, you know, was there any part of you that, that that was concerned about the perception that you might get pigeonholed into into being a BBL player? Um, not that that's a bad thing, but that is generally the perception. Mm. Um, yeah, kind of what, what was your thought process around it? Um, I wasn't too worried about like the perception or being pigeonholed or anything like that because obviously like I have been in other countries, you know, I've been away for a long time. I've, I've lived that life too. And when you're doing that for, when you're doing that, um, it, you kind of get a sense of like, you feel like a nomad. Yeah. Like, you know, you're just traveling and you just, again, like I said, like you're a high gun, you know, you're going from situation to situation and you're out there to kind of like, you know, just do a job and then you bounce, you know? So, um, I wasn't, I, I, it's not like I was feeling like, damn, I haven't been in Europe, I haven't established myself there. Like, even at this point, like, I'm not I'm not too worried. That it, I mean, from relationships and from, from what I've done, I know I can go and get jobs in Europe again if I wanted to. So I wasn't too worried about that. Um, is, it, is it partly about, you know, you turned 30 at the end of last year, right? Uh, beginning of this season. Beginning so of this, September. Yeah. So are you, is, is part of it, um, that you're kind of thinking about the next step and kind of setting yeah, down and having sure. roots and stuff. For sure, for sure. Um, um, when Justin signed, when Justin signed for Lions the first time, he was telling me about you know he's got two kids and he wants to you know make sure he starts settling down and you know just building towards that part of his life, not just uh, living for yourself, traveling, hooping, you know living the hoop dream which is amazing but um definitely i've been thinking more the last few years like okay i always had a goal like okay by 35 am i going to retire i'm going to keep playing because i want to or you know i'm like ah it's not worth it or you know or i want to come home and play in the bb i always i always knew that but you know like i've always been thinking about what's the plan like how can i put something how can I make sure I get something out of this? Because, I mean, the, it's it's amazing being able to do this as a profession, but you got to be able to look at it like when you're done and be 35 or, you know, when, whenever you're done and know that you got something out of it. Because you have to remember, it's still a job. You, know, you love it. And it's something that we would do for free. Like, we've been doing it all our lives for free, you know. So, you know, that's that's not the issue. But you still got to be like, when you, when you come out of it, because our peers are, in companies and they're working they got their own companies they're doing jobs and you know they're climbing the ladder you know but and if you don't have anything when you when you finish playing this game then you're you know completely stuck behind the eight ball so you do have to think about that way you know have to start building your credit you know trying to get a mortgage you know just showing that you can do certain things so that was part of the, the thought the thought process i didn't think it was going to happen this year but you know with the opportunity of the Royals and you know Namo being in place of an organization, it kind of opened up doors yeah. for me to do those type of things. For sure, yeah, it's super interesting because um, you know even even when Justin was here, and I, and I said to him like you know <laughs> I think I said the question was something along the lines of you know what advice would you give to to younger players, mm. and he, and he just said just make sure you get the money like go where the money is like don't care about the level just chase the money basically, and mm. and you know from a basketball purist standpoint. We, you know, we always hear this, the ball is life and you love the game and mm. that's the most important thing and everything else. But actually, 
it made me think about things very differently because exactly what you just said there, your window is, is very small compared it's to, you know, you know, your peers are going to be, by the time that you retire, are going to work their way up into a company and going to carry on ascending, mm. you know, for the next 10, 15, 20 years or whatever until they retire. Meanwhile, you're then going to be in a situation where you're starting from scratch, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. So there definitely is like a, a practical side of it that you have to think about, right? Um, have you thought about what you would do after basketball? Um, I've always... Like for me, it was it was always important to kind of like get an education. When I was in Grand Canaria, I had the, I had the option to sign um, my first professional contract when I was 18. They wanted me to sign for like seven years and I would start, you know, training with the EBA team and the ACB with the ACB team and hopefully, you know, be good enough to stay on or whatever. And obviously I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't make my little 200, uh, 200 a week. I was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I need that. Yeah. I'm like, my dad was like, nah, that's that's not good money. Like, you know, you go to school, you know, go to school, be a kid, learn, you know, and um it's opened my it's opened my eyes. It's opened my eyes to the world. It's opened my eyes to possibilities. Um I've met people who who maybe I wouldn't have met. And it's come because of basketball, you know, I got my got my degree, I got my master's degree, I'm working on my PhD. You know, so there's a lot of things that I've always had, you know, ideas and businesses that I want to do and, you know, so, um. You think you'd do your own business? Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Any idea of what? Yeah, I can't give away all my secrets, <laughs> yeah. I, I'll, tell, I'll, I'll tell you another time, I can't okay. give away all my secrets, yeah, you know, I don't want no one stealing my ideas. <laughs> um, no. So... You know, I was, you know, I do want to get into the sort of the early years and go, go back sort of deep into the into the past. But before we do, I'm, um, I think it's worth just talking about this season, you know, and, mm-hmm. and the rules. Like, how have you know you you made your return um, just before Christmas? Yeah, early December. I kind of, you know, how are you feeling? How how's the the wrist healing? It's the wrist, wasn't it? That you had, yeah, you yeah, had it's surgery the wrist. on. It's been it's been it's been a lot better. Um, the first three games, it was like fuck it, hit it was like. Oh. No, even even the New Year's Day game, I think one time Tail hit me and it was like, ah, oh, you know, it was like sometimes it's really bad. It's still the range of motion is still not great, but it's getting better. You know, I've been told it won't get any worse. It just needs to get stronger, get the range of motion back. And normally after surgery it takes like about a year until you right. you feel, you know, like yourself again. So, you know, it's part of it. It's okay, I'm adjusting. Um, finally getting starting to get my lungs back and, you know, my my legs so um started off like the first game was like i was like okay no i'm good after that i was like oh you know i mean the first game was difficult but after that i was like oh you know got some work to do you know after i I didn't i haven't played in six months i couldn't do anything for six months so you know it takes time to kind of get back to where you want to be at but you know it's all work you know that's the beauty of it basketball is work you get you know put the work in you'll be all right and how how have you found um, the level of the BBL on the floor? Like, have you been surprised? Have you been? Is it way roughly where you expected it to be? Is it lower than you expected it to be? Um, I've 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 been impressed. I I mean, to be honest with you, I've been impressed. You asked earlier about the perception of the BBL. Me myself, I've always been a fan of the BBL. Maybe uh, maybe I'm biased because I'm from the UK. Um, the first professional basketball I ever saw was the BBL when I was playing at Towers and they were playing there. Um. The, uh, the last few years, I've I, I feel like the BBO has done a, a more than decent job using social media to kind of like show some of the talents that we have in the BBO. Um, obviously, 
the top teams like Leicester, Newcastle, Glasgow, historically, um, Lions recently, um, Chef, uh, all the te- you could you, you could name all the teams. You yeah. know they they've had some type of um, social presence and influence, especially for the guys who are away. You know that's kind of that's kind of how we keep up. That's how we see what's going on all the time. Obviously, you you know you 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 show the, the BBL stuff, you know, the British stuff. So I've always I've always known like I've always been a big advocate of British basketball. Like the talent is the talent is incredible in this country. It's just does it get taught basketball at a young enough age, and does it get the exposure and opportunities that it needs? So to come and play here, it's been nice. It's been it's been it's definitely been I've definitely been impressed with a lot of the teams and how some of the teams are competing. Some of the teams who are thought to n- not to be as talented or maybe short-handed, they're going to come out and give you the best shot. They're going to play well as a unit. You know, um, the IQ level is pretty decent. You know, I mean, there's other stuff that needs to be better within the league in terms of infrastructure. The refereeing. <laughs> <laughs> but refereeing is a tough job, though. Refereeing yeah. is a tough job. It's a tough job. You see, I mean, the, the KD is four feet out of bounds <laughs> yeah. and it's the NBA. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I mean, I'm I'm not one to I, I try not to complain too much, but it's been it's been it's been good, man. It's been good. Definitely from athletic point of view standpoint, it's it's no different from where I was at last year. Um, how, how would you compare the BBL to you know you played in Spain, you played in Greece, you played in Italy, mm. uh, you played in Ukraine? Like, how would you compare it um, to those leagues? Um. I just think it's I just think it's uh the history is maybe a bit bigger in these in these places. So from from franchise to franchise to the whole league, you know, the the historical influence is, is a lot bigger, which which is important too, just because you know they've done things a certain kind of way, they know how to do things a certain kind of way, and you know that 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 plays a part. And um, what else? Um, the coaches, like some of the coaches, they've just been around. They've been, you know, the experience might be a little bit better. Not to say that we have bad coaches in this league, you know. There's some really good coaches in this league. It's just, I feel like, you know, I feel like some of the coaches in this league, they, they might want to do their job here and then move on to one of those leagues, you yeah, know. Yeah. This league isn't at the point yet where coaches from over there want to come here, yeah. you know. So, um, and, and like the, the players here, they're a bit younger. It's like some of them would be a bit younger, especially the imports. Whereas in other countries, that the imports would be like their second or third gigs or whatever, and that yeah. that 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 leads to um, a different type of game sometimes too, in terms of um, the IQ levels and the experience. You know, just you know how the teams play and yeah. tempo of the game or whatever. But th- listen, this year, this year, I think the league's been very competitive, and it's, I think it's been great. I've really enjoyed it. How do you think the Royals as a new franchise have been received by, um, you know, the league, the fans? Um, you know, have you obviously, you know, I've been at most of your home games. I would mm. say that, you know, home home attendance has been a bit of a struggle. There's been a couple of games. Obviously, first game was probably the best attended one. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely, attendance-wise, it's still struggling a little bit. But of course, it's a new franchise, so these things take time. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, what would you say about the reception of, of the Royals into the league? I mean, I think it's been good. I mean, no one's ever said a bad word to me. You know, um, I think it's been good. I feel like a lot of people talk about the team. Um, 
whether it's good or bad, yeah. I think that's a positive. Do you, do you feel like people, uh, there's people like, well, this, is, this is what I feel like, this is projecting, uh, projecting a question, but uh, okay. so I feel like a lot of people are rooting against the Royals, uh, which is it's possible. It's mad ironic in the sense that, um, you know, what you're, what the club's trying to do in terms of bringing British guys back and everything is, is what everyone should be behind. Yeah. Um, but there, I think, I think there's part of it was the way that um, the sort of the messaging around the announcement of the club, mm. redefining British basketball, elevating British basketball, and almost mm. in a way, I think people felt like it was crapping on them, you know, crapping on everything else that's been there before, type thing. Listen, uh, you're only if anyone ever, if, if anyone, you can't feel bad about something if it's not true. Do you know what I mean? So if anyone feels like it's, if it was crapping on them, then you know maybe they got to look in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to be to be quite honest with you, I'd, um, at the end of the day, like it's a new organization, it's a new business, a new company. You know, you got you're trying to sell yourself. Yeah. And I feel like that's what they were doing. Um, I don't feel like You didn't feel it was overhyped at all. I mean possibly, but at the same time, you know, why not? Yeah. Same time, why not? But um It's good to it's good to rock the boat a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as long as it gets people talking about the game, gets people excited about the game, you know, gets people excited to come to the games, you know, or support your local franchise, you know. Rivalry is good. It's good to have fans from, you know, talking, going back and forth on the internet and Twitter, like, because it talks about the league. Like, the whole point, the whole point of this is to make the league better, you know, for the players, for the people who are involved in the league, you know, to get the league to a higher sp- standpoint. So it's not, so, it's not necessarily about the Royals. It's just you want another team that's in there, doing things to the best of their abilities and doing things well to compete with the other teams in the league, just to bring up the whole level, basically. And at the end of the day, like. For me, if the league is getting better and people in this country care more about the league, the professional league here, I mean it's a it's a it's a positive, it's a good thing. So that's really what I've been more focused on. Like I'm I'm not really so much for the fanfare. Like I don't really see all the stuff that's going on or or whatever, you know. Just get your head down and play. I'm fair, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I try to get my head down and play. But you know, like I said, as long as as long as the the profile of the league is gazing and I, I couldn't care. I couldn't care less. I'm happy about it. How do you feel uh, about the team's performance so far? You know, I think on paper, you've obviously got a very, very strong squad, but mm. I would, I think it's fair to say that your record isn't reflective of how good you are and how good no, you could be. No. Um, you know, what do you think has been going on? Like, how would you rate the team's performance so far? Obviously, you know, you only joined in December. You, you weren't there for the first two months of the season. Yeah. Um, yeah, what, what would you say about that? I mean, it's we've we've had a lot of um, first of all, we, I mean, we had a, we had a we didn't really have a preseason just because of how the team got brought about, and then we didn't have everyone in camp, and you know, so we've had I say that because we we've had different teams throughout the year, so that we had a team that went to Serbia, so we had some guys with us then that aren't with us now. Then when we started the season, you know, I think the first game, you know, we 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 get a broken foot. Torn Achilles, yeah. Um, I mean, that's just killer. What else? Uh, a broken finger, um, concussion, <laughs> in the first game, in the first game. So then we have those guys out. I'm out. Um, f- and I think Ed Lucas got a concussion three three games in. Will Neighbor spray the high ankle sprain. You know, five six games in. So it's always been like a situation of like. Guys going in, guys coming out. Guys coming in, guys going out. 
someone else is coming back. Deshaun's coming back tomorrow, you know. Um, it's never be, it's never quite been the level of stability that you might like. So that might, you know, have played a part in it. Um, so many guys coming together to kind of like figure out how we're going to play as a team, work out our identity, create a culture, you know, dealing with Crystal Palace. <laughs> That's a story in itself. Yeah, I bet. You know, honestly, I feel like, you know, I started playing there 15 years ago now, 15 years ago, and, and you know, the, the facility is worse now than it was then. But um, it, I, I don't see any reason for it not to be one of the top facilities in the country if it was taken care of properly by this point, you know. But, you know, dealing with Crystal Palace is something else, you know. So there's been a lot of things that, have kind of like made thing made life difficult, and on top of that, it is a new franchise. But you know, guys work hard. Coach is doing his best to bring us together, and the the intent is in the right place. But sometimes, you know, you got learn winning is difficult, and and it doesn't matter what level you're on. You can coach kids like don't mean you know you're gonna go out there and win every game. Like winning is difficult. Getting everyone to buy in is difficult. But it's a process, and that's why the season's long. And you know, as long as you're improving month by month, building month by month, coming together better month by month, which we're doing week to week, actually day by day, which we're doing, you know. And hopefully, the end of the season is gonna our record's gonna reflect our our ability and performance more than it is up to this point. How how is chemistry being like? How do you, how do you uh, think you guys like? Because the thing is, I guess what's different with you guys is you you all know each other from yeah. you know way back, so that puts you at somewhat of an advantage compared to a lot of teams anyway. Mm. Um, but then on on the flip side of that, of course you've got guys that especially when they play in the UK, there's egos involved. You know, guys that used to be in a man on their team and everything like that. Do you feel like? Um, you know, everyone's bought in. Do you feel like everyone's willing to sacrifice to the greater good and is on the same page? Or do you feel like that's still being refined as the season goes on? I feel like everyone's willing to do it. Everyone is willing to do it. I mean, first of all, we have a great group of guys across the board. Like, everyone gets on well. Um, guys look out for each other. You know, we have we have laughs. If you if you watch a force for change, you know, you see how long how well we get along with each other. Um, everyone's willing to do what what they need to. It just at this point it's not always second nature, you know. So again, it, it, like I said, that comes with time. It comes with time and experience. It comes with comes with failure, you know. Sometimes you you know failure see lets you see things more clearly than maybe successful. Like we started the first three games three and zero, but we weren't playing very well at all. But um, it's harder to see that when you're winning than it is when you're losing, and so it's been it's, it's been some of that too. But um, I definitely feel like chemistry's been good, energy's been high. Everyone's optimistic, you know, and everyone, you know, everyone, everyone came here with a goal, and with a vision that we're trying to see out. It's just, I mean, no one's. It's not like the rest of the league's just gonna lay down and be like, hey, hey you know, go ahead, guys, you know, yeah. do what you guys want to do. Like, you know, other team, it's the same thing we want to do. Other teams want to do too. Other guys want to do. Other other guys are coming together. You know the experience is there, which is, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like you can't take the BBL for granted. You can't take other franchises. You can't take the league for granted. Yeah, you might think it's one way, but it's not. It's not. It's a, it's a, it's a competitive league with competitive teams who are trying to get better in their own way.
in in terms of um the group buying into the vision you know obviously you have a lot of conversation with the guys mm. you know is it your understanding do you think that this group is going to be together more than one season do you feel like you're all there kind of thinking longer term like this is something that you want to do for british basketball and kind of see it through i mean i think so i think so um everyone i think everyone would like to be here and play in front of friends and family and be at home because again like i said a lot of us have been away a lot of us has have seen what it's like when you're away like it's fun it's 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 cool like it's, it's nice being away but at the same time you're still away you know you're still away and it's, it's, it's you're living a nomad life so to be able to do your work and your passion at home you know it's a beautiful thing but at the same time it's, pro- it's professional sports and it's professional basketball and you never know what might happen year to year month to month let alone year to year so um you know guys get opportunities guys get hurt you know like you, you never know what might happen that's yeah. why like you know each year is so important and you, you have to value it because i mean one coach always told me that like, you're never going to be like the group of guys you're with like you're never going to be with them again like you never know what happens you know a coach might leave or you know or the physio might get a bit you know you don't know what's you know you don't know what's going to happen like yeah. you know the, but whatever that like, the situation is there at that time you got to value it and make the most of it whilst it's together final question on the home stuff before we go into the history um mm. You know, how big is it for you to have your family around and to be able to do, well, to play at home? You know, like I, I see your family at every game, yeah, you know, yeah, they're like cheering yeah, you on and stuff. Yeah. And I, I feel like, um, you know, going back, going way back, I always used to see your dad at games yeah. uh, whenever you were in the country. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like how, how much does that mean to you? And kind of what does that change in your in your day to day? Like how much time are you getting to spend with your friends and family and stuff like that? I mean, first of all, it's a lot cheaper <laughs> for them to come see me play here. You know, um, <laughs> it's a lot cheaper. So that's that's nice, um, but it's important, you know. It's important. They they've always been, you know, my support system. If I'm playing good, if I'm playing bad, they'll be the first people to tell me I'm playing bad. When I play good, they tell me ah, you was alright, you know, we need to get better. Um, so they, they've always kept me kept me humble and grounded. So that was always nice. Um, it's really nice seeing them there, you know. Uh, it, you know, it's just one of them things that you can't really put a price on, you know, just to have your people here. But, you know, I was telling someone, um, I was telling one of my coaches yesterday, I was talking to him, one of my coaches from when I was at school in LA, like it's, it's almost like more difficult being at home because when you're at home, it's like all your friends and family are there. So, you know, every game, everyone's like, oh, let me get tickets, let me get tickets, let me get tickets. <laughs> and we only get a certain amount. You know, and so you, but you want to take care of everyone. You want to, you know, you, yeah. That's because these are your people. You want to take care of everyone. You want to make sure everyone gets a ticket. You know, even people who don't talk to that much or whatever. You know that you want to, you you want to show love. Yeah. You know, but also because you're at home now. When you're when you're overseas, like, or you're not in practice, or you're not in, you know, away for a game. Like your time is kind of your time. When you're home, you know, you gotta go see this auntie. You gotta do this. You gotta take care of this. You gotta take care of that. Yeah. You know, make sure this is okay. You know, handle this, handle that, because you're home now. You know, so it's almost like your time gets spread out more, and you know, you're busier. No, do but, you find it hard to balance the distractions? Like, would you say it's distracting in some ways? Nah, nah. I feel like I do. I feel like I do a good job of kind of like focusing on what I need to. I feel like um, my times um, overseas and 
been with some some teams like like you gotta be you gotta be part of like some of the better teams around the world to or teams that win to kind of get you understand how to kind of like approach your day like you can't be late for nothing you get fined you can't you know you gotta act in a certain kind of way you gotta do something do things a certain kind of way and that kind of teaches you to that you have to that revolve your day around your practice you know like that's that that's your that's your nine to five and what, any extra work you get in throughout the day like that's your nine to five so anything else kind of comes second hand after that so that's how i kind of approach my monday to friday and all saturdays too if we've got a game or sunday you know so that's how i kind of approach it so it helps me kind of to make sure i don't put too much on my schedule yeah how, how with the royals uh how's it working with because obviously you got you know you've got your apartments in Croydon and that but how's it working mm. with like court access if you want to get if you want to get extra workouts in I assume like do you, you're practicing at Crystal Palace as well right yeah we're practicing at Crystal Palace um, so do you get extra like can you get access to the court to work out and stuff like how, how does that work see I mean that, that goes to the age old um, that's the age old British basketball problem of yeah, getting man. access to a court you've got to hustle you got to get back in your hustle you can't just assume the court's going to be there Yeah, it's going to be available you, yeah. know, you know it might be booked out for badminton you know <laughs> They'll they'll take all the courts down. The whole whole the whole you know arena would be for badminton, and and two people show up. You know, maybe like, oh, can I just get? Nah, they got it booked out, or you know, maybe, or they'll have like um, they'll have like a sixth form, or kids, you know, whatever, you know, day out, whatever. They'll be on the court. They have them running around with the outside shoes, and then they bounce, and then. You know the court is is mad dusty and there's all kind of stuff in the court, and you know you're expected to practice and they, they don't know anything about sweeping or cleaning. You know they do they they're trying. You know they're understaffed, but it's they're still learning the, what's what's needed for professional what's needed for professional basketball team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, you kind of have to be proactive. You you got to like, you know, go, I go every Monday. I go and. I was the schedule for this week, you know, and then I'll check it out and I say, okay, I can get extra time here, here, and here. And I'll be like, okay, can I can I get these blocks? I'm like, yeah, no problem. As long as I've done that, then yeah. I can come in and get my extra time. But you know, obviously, if I don't, if I'm not proactive, they're not gonna go about being proactive for me. Yeah, yeah. So and I'm there's but, no just rocking up at last minute saying, oh, can I play? Like, it's, yeah, 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 no, no. Yeah. But but I mean, I, I I think I think as basketball players, we 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 um basketball players around the world, we have a, we have, we have, we have a habit of feeling entitled. Or you know, like we're old something. So it, it's it. I feel like this kind of keeps you grounded. It keeps you humble, and it lets you know who wants it and who don't. You know, so that's important too. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, so back to the beginning. Yeah. Rewind. Um. So one of the one of the uh, one of the podcasts I I managed to listen to a little bit. Um. Mm. You did an interview with Top Podcast in like 2012, I think it was. It was when you were still at college. Okay. Um. So uh, yeah, in that you said that um, you started playing at fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, which is actually quite late. Uh, which seems to be quite a common theme amongst a branch British guys as well. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, how how did you end up? Um, you know, first become basketball. Uh, I I was playing football, and um, I was at school, I had detention, <laughs> and I was hiding. I was hiding in the gym, and towers were in there. They had a clinic, you know, and um, the coach his name is Mick Lloyd. He was like. I like, come over here. I was like, <laughs> come over here. I'm, I'm like, what's up? He's like, do you want to play? I never played basketball. He said, like, don't worry about this. You know, come on. 
I think I was like 6'4 at the time, 6'5. So I was really tall, you know, 14, 15. And um, I enjoyed it. And he was like, oh, yeah, we practice on Tuesdays and Thursdays. You know, come down to Crystal Palace. So I was like, okay, you know. I came down and then, you know, the rest is history. I met, you know, some of my best friends through basketball. Um, when I saw that the level of um, of skill people had with the ball and things they could do and, you know, I was, I was hooked and I wanted to, because I've been playing football all my life and... Um, it kind of came easy to me. Do you know what I mean? It, um, and like physical sports like rugby or, or or I don't know, the other sports. Like most of the sports kind of just came easy to me. Basketball was like different because it was physical and it was skill involved. And so I wanted to master that. I was like, okay, it's a new challenge. This is what I want, this is what I want to do. I need to get good at this. So I just, I just dove in here first. Was it, would you say that it was love instantly? Yeah, yeah, it was. Did you drop football and stuff straight away? I dropped everything, I dropped everything. Really? I mean, I was playing football. I, I got to I got to the point where I had a chance to start playing semi-pro, but um, again, like, at the time my body was going so much that like, I was just, you know, I was having growth spurts. And um, before I started secondary school, I was do, I'd, I'd done karate all my life. And I didn't realise how much that helped my body, like, in terms of, you know, um, mobility, agility, core strength, and everything else. I had no idea. So when I started kind of like going very quickly, it's almost I became very dangly. Like I lost my speed for a while. You know, my hand-eye coordination wasn't there. Obviously, you need those things for football. I was, a, I was, I was a forward. I was a forward in the winger, and uh, I played midfield sometimes too. And I just wasn't I wasn't good anymore like I used to be and, I, and for me that was disheartening like I couldn't just play the sport and not be not be good at it not excel at it so when I found basketball I found this is something I can do there were taller guys than me there you know and then I kind of like um, started finding out about guys like T-Mac T-Mac was always my favourite player growing up yeah. T-Mac was my favourite like, I, I, I was a Kobe fan for a bit T-Mac was my favourite and um, one of my best friends, his, his favorite player was T Mac. So we used to just like I've watched so many T Mac games that era because yeah. my favorite player growing up was Baron Davis. And so them two, there was B Diddy. Yeah, so yeah, there was yeah. there was that one. Orlando and Charlotte used to always meet in the playoffs. Yeah. And there was one year where the battles were just unreal. Yeah. Um, yeah T Mac was a G man, like so underrated, so underrated. Man, I wish he never. I, I wish I wish he never got injured, or I wish he took care better care. Whatever, whatever yeah. it was, whatever it was, he's. I mean that. Health is health is a major is a major skill or stat or whatever whatever you want to call it. Like you got to be available. Like being available is like something big in itself. Yeah. Don't matter how good you shoot the ball, everything else. If you're not available, then you know. So that 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 counts in it too. But um, yeah, just seeing how amazing these guys were. Funny enough, when I was younger, um, I was like I was at like eight. One of my uncles, he was like, you're gonna play basketball when you're older. I was like, well, I don't play basketball. That's a girl's sport. Like, that, or that's, you know, I'm never playing basketball. I play football. He's like, no, nah, trust me, son. You're gonna play basketball. A couple of years later, he died in the house fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wow. I always remember that vividly because he was like, you're gonna play basketball. And then, here you, know, you are. I'm playing basketball. Wow, prophetic. So when you went into um, the first sort of towers practice, mm. kind of, uh, 
you know, what do you remember seeing? Like, how much exposure did you have as part of the junior program? Did you have to the senior program? You know, did you see those guys? Were there guys within the club that you were looking up to? Like, kind of like, wow, these are like, you know, amazing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of what are your those those sort of early memories of of the towers. Um. So we when we practiced, they they used to have three courts across Crystal Palace. Like they went like remember Bulls evening had you know yeah the girls court the young boys club and the the the, the men's court. So we be on on the end, the closest end. Like so when you first come to Crystal Palace, so that was like the under sixteen team. Then it was under eighteens and unless I'm getting no fourteen, sixteens, eighteens, I don't know. The older guys were always way at the end. Yeah. Right? So um, I'd be on the first court. And I just used to see, I was struggling there. I couldn't really get on the court. I couldn't really, you know, I was new. But, you know, I was getting coached and everything. But I used to look at first and I used to see, like, you know, guys dunking and, you know, guys shooting the ball and tripping the ball. And I was like, wow, you know, this is amazing. You know, this is amazing. And it was intimidating. Like for a long time, like when I was younger, my first shoes were like these pair, pair and ones that I found actually. I don't know. It must be one of my cousins. My cousins used to hoop. Like I used to have all my cousins living with me. They're, they're from Sierra Leone. So when we had the Civil War, they came over. They came over in I think '96. Yeah. So they was living with us until about oh four or five. So I found these pet these shoes underneath the underneath the the stairs. Had a hole in them and everything. But they were all black. So I so I took those and I wear those all the time. And I was and I wouldn't wear I wouldn't wear no other shoes. I wouldn't I didn't want no other shoes. Like other guys had, you know, they're getting they're getting the new shoes and everything else. But I was like, I'm not good enough to wear any shoes yet. That's why I always said to myself, I, I can't wear any other shoes. I need to get better before I wear any other shoes. And that's, that's how I just remember being there and just you know, like, damn, I need to get better, I need to get better. And um, I remember the first men's game I went to, that's when uh, they were still the, the, I think the Kinder Towers, Kinder on the yeah. Towers or whatever. Omar Sneed was my favorite player. Do you remember him? Nah, Do you know that name? Nah. Omar Sneed is from Memphis. He went to Memphis, He went. he's from Memphis. Um, yeah, he's a big time player, man. And, and he, he'd be around sometimes and you know, and he, he just showed up, he was cool. It's cool. I remember he gave me my uh, my first Zetterman jacket. Like he had this, he had this jacket, you know, with all the NBA teams. And he's like, "Hey, you can have it." It was way too big for me. So, um, yeah. When you think about the impact that you know someone like Omar had on you, you know, now obviously the roles reverse. It's like you're playing for the roles. You're you know you're playing in the BBL. Mm-hmm. When you see the young kids, that, you know, I always see you even when you're walking off the court at halftime. You know, giving people high fives or whatever, and saying hello to people, and yeah. you know, always being very personable and stuff. Um, you know, is there part of you that kind of sees? Like wants to be that to somebody else, you know, be that role model, you know, help provide that inspiration, um, and help, you know, inspire the youth. Listen, man, for me, like, um, it's always been about, um, it's always been about giving. You know, um, obviously, I want to do the best. I've always wanted to do really well because I feel like if I can do well, if I got my just dues, and you know, I would make the most of it, so I could help more people. Because at the end of the day, like, you know, I didn't have certain things. Growing up, I didn't have certain opportunities in basketball. I, I wasn't coached. I, you know, everything I learned was self-taught. It's only as I as I become older, I become a professional, that you know people have taken the time out, or you know I can hire people to help me, or 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 whatever. But like everything came from 
a place of wanting to learn but not having things or not knowing what to do so now you know if if anyone shows interest if anyone anyone shows a level of care you know they want to get better you know i i got no problem helping them if they want help if they don't want to help then you know there's nothing you can do but you got i feel like you, the least you can do is be there for someone who who wants it you know give advice if people don't want it then you know no harm but like a guy like omar um he um he just showed me that it's not so much like again it's not so much about you it's about helping the next man so that you know he took he, that was he's one of his jackets he took that and gave it to me so like now i do the same thing like if i got like some shoes or if i got a shirt or I know someone asked me for it. If I can give it, if I can give it away, if I don't need it, it's not a problem for me. Because you know, thankfully I can get another one, or yeah. I'll get something else or whatever. But like, it's it's really just about it's about it's about giving giving someone else an opportunity to to, to be better than you. You know, yeah. like you know, like, you know, people say oh, I want to be like you. Like, nah, be better. You know that. But you have to. You can't just say that. You got got to try and give them the, some tools to do what they want to do and help them fulfill their dreams you know with the rules have you had a chance to do any sort of uh, much community stuff yet have you been going to schools or doing any sort of appearances or anything yeah um, a little bit a little bit obviously you know whenever I, whenever i do stuff in the uk you know i'm with my with my royals represented <laughs> checks who take it down you know i represent um i got my i'm doing the camp at my school my ch- where i well, first started school? Playing. yeah, yeah. Ah, that's awesome doing my first camp in february in the half term awesome you know so hopefully just trying to build those type of relationships and um with the community you know through royals and, and with my own with my own business too and obviously promoting the royals yeah and just to kind of like let people know that you know you can play basketball there is there's opportunities for you to do it like the thing about it is like there's a lot of people want to come to games and but they just don't know that it's there you know so when you tell them like oh yeah I play, oh you play here really what where you know crystal palace oh okay yeah 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 we'll come can we where can i get tickets and you, you let them know oh uh what's his name my little boy plays all the time he loves where can he go you know so you got you, you that's again you gotta you know have something for them yeah so you know just it's gonna take time but hopefully we can build something where they, they just improve the infrastructure in general so from the the towers as an under sixteen, you did end up in the states, right? That, like, yeah, yeah. For high, was it high school prep school? I went for, I went for high school. It was a it was a prep school, but I was a sophomore. You went your sophomore, so you went young. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, I kind of went straight away once I knew like I want to play basketball. Wow. I just kind of I, I kind of spoke into existence. I knew I had to go to the states. Um, it was I, Massachusetts you went to Lawrence. Mm-hmm, Lawrence Academy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how did that come about? Like, how did you get to the states? And I just um, I just knew I wanted to go to the states, and um, I think I did Bucknell camp one year. Okay. And uh, that was at Crystal Palace, right? Was at Crystal time, Palace, yeah. Bucknell Central Skills. Yeah, but Bucknell Central <laughs> Skills. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, just some of the coaches there, I guess they had some connections, and and a guy called Aston Smith. Okay. He was he was involved with basketball at the time. His son Nat Smith used to play. Oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, he yeah. ended up working at um, Canaries Basketball Academy as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So he was over there too. But um, I guess he knew a, a coach called Santonio Gooden from from Boston. His name was 
Coach Pumpkin. Okay. You know, that's his nickname. <laughs> so um they got me into five star camp, you know, in in Pennsylvania. So I went there and um when you first get to five star they do they they put all the team all the kids in, in games and you play it. It's outdoors and like um and like a hiking camp basically, but they got basketball courts everywhere. It's dope, man. It's dope. I mean, if you if you look online now, that you got video like Steph. Uh, everyone went to five star. Everyone went to five star when they were younger. Um, but the time I was there, um, all the kids were there, and the only kid that didn't play was Lance Stevenson. He was late. He came out the next day, so he ended up being the number one pick, and I was the number two pick. So from there, I kind of was just getting like a lot of interest from schools around the way and school you know high different high schools and everything but um so you I, must have been pretty good pretty quickly then yeah listen man um i was i was work i was playing all the time i obviously i, I was tall I, I you know i was like six four six five i was a, i was already pure athletic and um dave marshall was doing a great job of showing me like a few things and, and i was just trying to take things in like a sponge and then like, i used to i used to get in trouble for like playing basketball too much really like you know I used to school because I climb over the fence to you know get in the gym like we used to like go from we'd be we, we'd be you know we skip school we'd be, we'd be in um what's the park called um there's one park in Croydon I forgot I forgot the name now did you grow where in London did you grow up Croydon well I went to school I went to school in Croydon but I grew school? up in Bromley okay grew up in Bromley okay started, started in Sydenham and Thornton Thornton Heath Sydenham so I get it always around Crystal Palace, then went to Bromley. Right, right. Then from Bromley went to school in Croydon. And um but we used to just go around everywhere, like anywhere we can go get a court, you know, we we do that. And obviously you're always getting kicked out, you know, badminton. <laughs> and then um badminton is the one. It's the main one. Badminton is the main one. And then um some people some places would be like Oh no! You need to have an adult ear, otherwise you can't play. What if you get hurt? You know, don't worry, but we won't get hurt. No. So and then at the, t- at the time there was really no outdoor courts. Park Hill, Park okay. Hill. Yeah. Only Park Hill had like an outdoor court, so we'd be at Park Hill all day. So once we get kicked out of all the courts, we'd be at Park Hill. Obviously, when it gets dark, you can't do nothing no more. So I just, I just, I was just always on it, and I uh, just, I just wanted to get better. At the time, um, Streetball.co.uk was about. Now I always tell I always tell Greg Turner that you don't know how much the effect that you had on me, you know, for because you provided that platform for us. You know that was that was big time, and I don't think you realize how, how much you did for, you know, the community growing up. It was massive. Like you know, when I was growing up, like that was the thing. That you was know, it. All that of was us it. At school, it was like early days of the internet as well. So yeah. you're going on. It's taking like four hours to download a free megabyte file yeah, or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, you're yeah. sat there and you're watching the highlights of Stuart Tanner and Teo and Leon, and you're just like, yeah. unbelievable. Opened up my world to like just. I didn't realize, obviously, I grew up in Eastbourne on the southeast coast. So it's, you know, it's proper countryside. And, yeah. and there, you know, there was no one ever dunking. Like, you didn't see anyone dunking. So yeah. I remember there was one video I did of Stephen Gill, like, and it was like, there's a 5'7 guy in England that can dunk. Like, I can't believe this. But Street World Cody UK, man, it was massive. Like, yeah. that was the culture back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's always been there. But, the, like, from seeing that, it had made me be like, oh, I need to do that. I, I practiced all the moves. I did everything. That's really how I first started playing basketball. Like, it was Street World Cody UK, and it was an M1 mixtapes. You know, I could do all their moves. So, I wasn't really, like, uh, 
I guess a basketball player. My game is very different now. I try and be more like a. I mean, a bit more fundamental. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've had to be like to to play in these leagues and different places. Like you can't, like, like you you can legit you you can go to Europe and you can lose a job for doing too much. Like, they're like nah, we don't want all that. Do it like this, you know. Even though you could you could get a bucket every time. Like no, we don't we don't want you getting these. Like sometimes. Basketball is funny. You gotta understand sometimes it's not about like how good you are. It's like can you fit into the team? Can you run the coach's system? You know, don't show everyone up. You can't just go in there. You know, I'm gonna do it my way. Like you know, it's 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 a lot to understanding it, and that's a whole education in itself. But um, yeah, <laughs> crazy times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. So, so you went to five star. Uh, you know, obviously got some got some offers. Ended up going to Lawrence Academy in the states. Yeah. Um, yeah. for your sophomore year. Now, did you? Now, I only stayed for the year. I only stayed it was for only a year. year. I went and was, I w- you went to Spain after that. Yeah, because after that I played for GB, no England under eighteens. The England under eighteens. I was. Cause you did that for two years. I was six. Yeah, I, well, after my first year, year, I did. Well, I did it three years actually. I did it. Um, I did it when I was sixteen. That's when I went with Justin and them. Okay. Uh, man, we had a crazy team. It was Justin, me, Matt, Dan Clark. Joel Freeland, Joe, <laughs> Ben Eves, Joe Ganson. Was this the group that didn't do very well either? Phil Wade was garbage. <laughs> um, How did that happen? Because I actually wanted to talk about that because I know there's this one team that everyone always talks about that speaks coaches stuff. There was like there was this one group that was the most stacked team we've ever had as juniors, and they just completely flopped it. Oh no, man! Uh, uh, Matt Guyman. <laughs> I could listen. Listen, man. Joe, Joe Kimmin was on that team, but he, but he um he couldn't make it because I think his sister passed away at the time. You know, unfortunately, that was really sad. But I'm I'm just saying like all the the team was incredible. The team was incredible, but um, I mean from a from a name and talent talent um point of view, but um, I think we only we we only practiced for like you know four or five days. Who a was week. coaching you? Make bets. Oh, Mick Betts. Mick okay. Yeah, Mick Betts. You know, Mick was cool. I mean, it was, but it's a difficult job, you know, putting all the getting all these guys together and getting them to be a team. Yeah. You know, um, there must be a lot of egos on that team. I don't really remember. I was very young. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was very young, you know, and I was one of the youngest guys there. So, but I mean, I, I mean, I thought we were going to be amazing, but <laughs> didn't happen. Didn't work out that way. You know, you know, we lost to who. Who won that year? I think um, I want to say Sweden. Um, Jonas, I remember Jonas Jurekbo was playing. Oh really? Yeah. Um, Jeff Taylor too. So this must have been mid two thousands, like two thousand. Oh no! Oh five, two thousand five, two thousand six ish. Around that time. Yeah, that's what I got. Yeah. yeah, it's got to be two, like 2004, 2005. 2004, 2005. Yeah, because then yeah. I went to school after that. Okay. And then, um, so that's the first year I played. Oh, so you did national team. Then you went to then you went to Lawrence Academy. Yeah. Okay. And, and then I played my first year. Well, technically, well, I played on the I played on the 18s early. Yeah, so, so you started playing basketball, and within a year, pretty much, mm-hmm. you played national team. Yeah. Within another year, you'd then gone to the States. Yeah. Uh, so your progression was very quick. It was very. Fu- I mean, I was. I, it was not. It was. You got to remember when you when you when you first start, you don't know anything. Yeah. So, you know. You learn how to do a layup. It's a big thing. You know, like, 
after you reach a certain level, the progression is, is smaller. It's not necessary. It's not always necessarily skill wise. Is sometimes it's mental. Sometimes it's um, uh, it's, it's different aspects of the game that you learn and like be a better teammate. Um, how to make your teammates better too. Not not just your individual skill too. So it's it's different. But obviously, when you first start, the the progression is a little bit more drastic. So yeah, I I got a lot I got a lot better. In a very short amount of time, and I, I was always willing to play defense, you know. So, because I was always willing to play defense, now you know I wasn't, I wasn't really like an ego guy on the team. I feel like coaches had no problem having me about, you know. So, when you got to the states, mm. how was your transition there? How did you, how did you find the difference in the game between the US and the UK, if at all? Um, were you playing varsity? Yeah, I was playing varsity. Okay. University. Um, funnily enough, my team um, when I first got to prep school, we were all freshmen and sophomores, and the other guys were guys from Boston that I knew already from Five Star and from um, the AU teams that we played on. And we all kind of went to prep school together, and so we were like one of the youngest teams in the in the NEPSAC. We ended up making it to the finals. We lost to St. Mark's, but um, no, we had a good year. But I mean. Really, what I saw, what I noticed was like, it was clear to me. Like, All right, these guys have been playing longer than me. You know, I I go work harder, I go get better, because they could just their knowledge, their experience. You know, it was better, and it wasn't necessarily a situation where like they were like, "Ah, right, we're gonna bring you along. We want you to get better." It was like, "Ah, right, you know, if you ain't good enough, yeah, we gonna kill you." So I was like, "Oh, okay." So I had to kind of like, you know, I had to. I had to adapt, I had to humble myself, I had to adapt and you know, just be out there working and, you know, earn my respect and from beginning of the year to the end of the year, end of the year I was, you know, I was I would be getting like the better numbers, I'd be getting like the better that like, more playing time and stuff like that just because I had like one of the more humble approaches all the time and so that like, I've I've kinda always had to adopt that. I've always tried to adopt that. Like I've never felt like I've never felt like uh, I've always I've always felt like if I go to if I go somewhere it don't matter if, if like it's, I'm not used to level or I'm not quite on that level yet I know being around these people it's gonna raise my level and help me adapt and 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 be there as long as I get the opportunity so that was all so I, I always knew it's gonna come through work like I've never I've never pretended to be like oh I'm the best player yeah no but if I'm not then I'm gonna work harder than you to try and be the best player so you were there for a year and then yeah. you went to, and then was it straight after that you went to Spain I didn't want to go to Spain man really I didn't want to go but the thing is the thing is um, you know Robert Oriano he saw me in the summer his first year he played under 18s I think we finished third man we should have won it that year <laughs> we should have won it that year we lost to Estonia um, who was in that group with you that team that was um, me Dan Clark or then, um, okay, Matt, I call him Fat Matt now. That's not his name. <laughs> Matt Williams, Matt Williams. Matt, Matt Williams is a legend, man. Matt Williams is a legend. That's my guy. Even to this day, that's my guy. Matt Williams. Um, he's another legend from Manchester, you know. Um, Devin Bailey, Sam Fernie, Danny Carr, just retired. That's my guy. Yeah. Greg Street. Um, okay. We had a good team, man. We had another good team. 
But I mean, this was more. It it, it wasn't like on paper as talented as like the team the year before. But we were a team, man. We yeah. were a team. We were really a team, and only thing that hurt us like that year, like remember I, I had like that one game I had like twenty two, and I missed like nine free throws. You know, all them would have like sixteen and twelve boards. Missed eight free throws. You know, <laughs> and we just we just weren't good enough. Do you know what I mean? We just weren't good enough, and that's just from like not playing and or being coached or yeah. coached well enough or we just weren't good enough when I see these teams now when I see the young guys now like everyone can shoot everyone can you know make free throws at least and stuff like that and, and I, I think it's beautiful I think it's wonderful you know but I just wonder I'm like damn if we could just you know do some of these more basic things with really, you know fundamentals man yeah fundamentals are so important it's so important you know obviously Dan, Dan Clark fundamentally he was up here already you know he's been a student for three four years but he was he was he was he was so great, man. Being that down was so great because he was, you know, even though he had these things, it wasn't like he was like trying to look down on anyone else. Like he was he was another one. He was like he was trying to bring guys along. So it was, it was great to be great being like on that, being on the team with him. And, you know, so, some of the other guys from teams like from up north, you know, they were fundamentally sound, more so than the London guys were, which is the norm. Yeah, it's so always yeah. been that way. Yeah, yeah. So, so Rob saw me there and um, convinced my dad that I needed to go to Grand Canary to get more coaching and play basketball all year round because in school they would have us. We only get to start the season after Thanksgiving in November, and before that, you know, we played American football or they wanted us to play football. And you had to play different sports, you know. And being in Grand Canary, um, they were like, "Listen, bring him out here." gonna play basketball all year round, we're gonna do individuals with him, we're gonna work with him. You know, Joe had just been there, so Joe was like, Yo, Ash, come out here, you know, it's gonna be good for you. And obviously I saw what it did for him, I was like, Okay. You know, that was, I was I, I was But what, why didn't you wanna go? Because I mean I, I always wanted to go to the States. I yeah. just, I knew I wanted I had to go to the States, have to go to the States. I get there and it's like, okay, go back to go to Spain. I was like, <laughs> like Alright <laughs> But it was always it's always been for basketball, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I've been in places that I I maybe would never have seen or or willingly gone to or you know, experienced things that I wouldn't have experienced if it wasn't for basketball. And it's always in the pursuit of, 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 of more, the pursuit of being better, this pursuit of, you know, the pursuit of greatness. You know, so it was it was never again, it was never really about me, it's about what I have to do to try and get better. And that was one of the things. So sometimes it's been difficult decisions. Like, you know, staying in, in Adonis Academy would have been more comfortable. But you know, going to Grand Canary was, was it was it was good for me. It was really yeah. good for me. It was really good for me. Yeah. What What were your experiences like there? Like, you know, the Canaries Basketball Academy. Uh, it's kind of, I think it's under a different name now. He's doing something differently. But obviously there was there was a there was an expose in Sports Illustrated about um, a couple of years back about kind of some of the underhanded dealings that were going on. Uh, with with US schools and stuff, you know what, what was your personal experience of it? Um, and also, wasn't wasn't Ryan Richards there at the same time as you? Yeah, he was there. That first year I was there, he was there. Okay. Yeah. That first year was first year I was there it was me, him, and Joe. Joe Freeland. Joe Freeland. Uh, Joe was playing for the ACB team. He just been drafted, and then he's playing for the ACB team. Um, I remember. I remember he just got he just got his first check. He was like, oh, Ashley, <laughs> Ashley, just give me six cheeks. 
I was like, what are you gonna do with all that? You know, he's like, you know, I bought I bought Xbox, I bought all the games, you know, I threw my friends out, you know, threw my family out. He said, I still got two left. I said, What we gonna do? I said, What are you gonna do with that? He's like, Let's go out. Went out, you know. He's like, They're about to give me another six, what am I gonna do now? <laughs> I was like, I'll save it, man. Save it, save it. I remember, I remember that specifically. I remember that specifically. Yeah. Uh, Why me and Ryan were like, no money, man. So, um, and the other guys on our team were like getting like, you know, that two hundred a month. What I was talking about. Um, yeah, that first year, ah, oh, that first year was amazing. Cause that first year was really like, we would wake up early in the morning, have an individual we'll grub, then we go to school, come back off school, have an individual, a little bit later, we patch up with the team, you know, and. It was tough. It was really tough, man. But um, it really, it was really good for us. Halfway through the year, um, Rob ended up getting fired because um, we weren't signing with the team. Basically, they were like, "Why are you bringing all these guys over here and they ain't signing with us? And they just gonna go off to these schools or go off to other stuff?" And they bumped heads. So um, the second half of the year, we were kind of on our own. RC is setting some stuff up. We do some workouts every now and again. Like he put us out the academy or out of school. We go through a workout for different schools who came like that first year Valparaiso came the pool came both of them offered me you know um I actually ended up signing for the pool but they they got in trouble for um I guess they had signed um an international player the year before and he'd played pro he'd be he'd played pro which I didn't know about so they had a um an NCAA sanction right so that, that scholarship got taken away but, I didn't um, realize he signed with the pool yeah yeah um yeah, so that first, but I, I had Valparaiso too. I wanted, Val, I wanted to go to Valpo, but Rob was like, relax, it's your first school. It's your first school, dog. <laughs> it's going to be plenty more. I was like, all right. I was like, all right, cool. You know, I didn't know any better. So yeah. Was like, so, um, yeah. So, so that means the first year when you went, that it might not have necessarily actually been CBA as it became. It was actually still Grand Canary, the club. It was Grand Canary the club because Robert. That was where Rob worked originally before he then broke off to actually set up CBA, right? Yeah. So that second year, um, that after the summer, you know, he'd had the spot. You know, he'd got like a new location, got a gym, got a, got a building, like a like a like a dorm, I guess. So I remember he bought like all the beds from IKEA, and, and me and my dad, me me and my dad, Rob. And and Menelik. Menelik, yeah. Menelik and who else was there? We went we built all the beds, pulled the stuff together, you know. And and Ryan, Ryan obviously Ryan was there. Yeah. We put all the stuff together and built all that stuff and, you know, set up, set up the academy. And from there we started. So, um Wow. That first year it was called Grand Canary Basketball Academy. Now it's called C B A Canary yeah. Basketball Academy. But I mean, it was amazing. I mean, just you know, the ball skills, the 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 work that we did. Like we we worked. Like not everyone, not everyone made it through. A lot of people went home. A lot of people left. It was too hard for a lot of people. But um, did you feel like everything was ab- was all above board when you were there? Did you get a yeah, sense of yeah 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 yeah? But at the same time, I was a kid. You know, I could yeah. be I could be naive. I'm not. I'm not saying anything was wrong. Yeah. You know, I was. I got treated. I feel like. I feel like without. CBA, I wouldn't be have become the player I was at that time, at yeah. that age, yeah. that quickly, and I wouldn't have been, you know, getting opportunities I got. You know, I I had I had Bill Self come see me from Kansas. I had I had St. John's. I had 
you know Herb Sendek from Arizona State when when um when James was there um at UCLA I had Nevada when when Javel McGee was there like I had I had so many schools you know um I got so many opportunities from that you know hoop, we had hoop summit me and Ryan you know we was considered for hoop summit they're not taking Ryan because you know they had they took Nick Bartum instead of me. It's understandable, you know. <laughs> <laughs> then Nick Bartum was from France. He's already playing pro, you know. Yeah. You know, if I was a little bit better at the time, then maybe it could have happened for me. But it's not how it worked out oh. for me. But still, like, I wouldn't have got those opportunities yeah. if it wasn't for Grand Canary and if it wasn't for Rob. And you know, I wouldn't have met those people. I wouldn't have worked out for those people. I wouldn't have got the scholarships from these these places and everything else. Like, I had I had the Kansas scholarship, but Brendan Rush tore his ACL and he came back to school rather than go to the league. You know, so that a lot of stuff had that happened. Wow. Yeah, so, um, but if I had never gone to Gran Canaria, I would have never got these opportunities. You know, I, I, at least I don't know. Yeah, don't yeah, know. yeah. But course. I did. Yeah. I went there and I got them. Yeah. So. Well, what, are your, um, what are your memories of Ryan from around that time? Had you met him before you before you were nah, both in Spain nah. together? Nah, nah. And, for, and we're both from Kent. Because he's like, Kent. what, three years younger than you? Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. 91. Yeah, he's 91, yeah. Ryan's my little boy, man. <laughs> He's yeah, he's he was he was he was young, he's young, so talented, you know. Um, I didn't I didn't know he was gonna be seven feet. How tall was he then? He was like six nine. Okay. He was like six nine back then. But he was just you know, world of ability, hard worker, you know. Um, Rob didn't really give us a choice. <laughs> he had to work hard, you know. So um. It was just it was it was it was nice to have him around, just like especially for some more difficult times. And you know, we 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 went to the American school together, so we learned Spanish, and you know, it was a different culture. The kids were so different, you know, the whole environment was so different. So to have someone from where you're from to kind of go through it with you, because Joel was off being an adult, you know, so we were still that getting paid. <laughs> yeah, we were still we were still in the kiddie program, you know, so it was nice to be. It was nice to be around Ryan for that first year, but obviously, you know, the second year, the, well, the second year too, the second year too. But the second year, we, there was there was more of us, more people start, were starting to come from the UK. Yeah. But that first year was like it was just for for a while it was just me and him. Like we had to go live with um, what's coach's name? Tim. Tim. It's gonna come back to me in a minute. From England. Yeah. Not Tim Lewis. Tim Lewis, <laughs> Tim Lewis. So Tim Lewis came out there for two in the first year, and he ended up living in Gran Canaria. But after Glover got fired, he got fired, so they kicked us out the academy. So we didn't have anywhere to live, so we lived with Tim. So wow. me and Ryan, we go to the beach because they'd have courts at the beach. Because I'd be like, "Yo, you guys got to work out. You got so we'd be on the beach, man. We'd be on the beach working out." trying to stay in shape, you know, we had hoops on and stuff coming up, so we had to work out. Schools are still coming to see us. So we, we were just grinding, man. So it was, it, was, it was me and him, you know, we'd have to get on the bus, go to school, come back, work out, find our way. And we just kind of held it down for Rob whilst he was, you know, securing the next opportunity. And um, Are you fluent in Spanish? I'm pretty good now, especially yeah. after this last year. When I, when, I, when I went back out there last year, I was like, I'm gonna take it seriously. If I if I if I go to any country twice, I'm like the second time. I'm like, okay, you know, first Stop time. Stop being an ignorant foreigner. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, and Spanish is Spanish is a dope language. Like some of the other, lang some of the other languages, some of the other countries I've been in, I haven't necessarily been a big fan of them. Yeah. 
but Spanish for sure. I was like, no, I'm gonna gonna get good at it. Quickly, want to ask you. Um, I always maintain that in the time that I've been around, uh, Ryan is probably, oh, I think he is the most physically gifted, talented player to come out of England. Mm. Who would you say is yours? Where would you put him in amongst that? I mean, the skill set that he's at, the, he has at his size, it's just incredible to me. It still amazes me. I've got to put Will Neighbour in there. Ah, okay. I've got to put Will Neighbour in there. Will's having a great season for you guys. Ah, uh, you ain't seen nothing yet. Really? <laughs> yeah, 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 you ain't seen nothing yet. I've got to put Will Neighbour in there for sure. Add you. Yeah, well, that's the one. That's the one. That, I mean, I never saw him playing. Well, I never saw him play. So, but I've seen some grainy tape, and he's the one that you know everyone always says to me. It's just like it was incredible. Yeah. Um, Madness. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who, who uh, were the yeah. toughest English guys for you coming up that you remember that you'd have battles with that you were like, yeah, like you know, I rate him. He's good. David Ajamobi. Dave Ajamobi. Dave Ajamobi Dave, Dave was like the bun like when we was when we was younger, cause he was already like he he was he was six six and he was already you know he was already big like he was already big like he swears he swears it's a lie. I remember he used to be wearing glasses in the game and he'd be dunking and yeah Dave Ajamobi was like okay that's the standard you know yeah um Danny Carl was tough when he was younger. I never played against Matthew just because um, he was already gone, you know. Joel started at around the same time as me. Joel started when he was 18. Yeah. So when I started playing on the 18s, I mean, this guy just showed up from Solon. I was like, hey, I don't know who's this guy? <laughs> you know, he's, he just looked different. He was, you know. And he ended up getting drafted in like, what, a couple of years of, after he started playing? It was something great. Yeah. First year he played at Solon, next year he played at Gran Canaria. The year after that, he's an ACB <laughs> drafted, you know. It's, 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 it's nice being tall, man, but at the same time, he worked so hard, man. Yeah. Joe, Joe was a tireless worker. Are you still in touch with Joe? No, I mean, not really. I mean, when I see him, it's love. You know, obviously, you he's know, he's basically he, retired now. It's, it seems that he's retired. He hasn't been playing for a while. Like, I kind of got a rough idea kind of where he is, but I haven't had a chance to sort of speak to him. And I, you know, I'd love to get him in for, get him in for an interview. Um, I mean, this summer I was injured, so I wasn't really about too much. But um, last summer, I used to see him at Sports Park. And, um, you know, he's telling me he's trying to get back to the league. You know, he said he's tired of Europe. You know, just how they're treating him. And yeah. Again, pretty much what I said earlier. And uh, I just feel like he's at the point where it's like, I don't have to do it for the money. Yeah. I don't have to do anything I don't want to. So if it's not something I want to do, I'm not going to do it. And again, that comes with getting older. You know, when you're younger, it's like, Oh, I'm gonna do anything, you know. I'm gonna do anything for the opportunity, but it's 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 a little bit bad because like teams and people they will take advantage of that because they're like, okay, yeah, these kids just they just want a chance, so we're gonna lowball them, we're gonna mess up the market, lower the market. Even last year they they had a they had a big fight and a, dis, a big discussion in the ACB because the owners were trying to um, lower the lower the pay, so they were they were trying to get more Americans in, so they because more Americans means but you're basically paying people less money. Yeah, yeah. You know, so paying them less money, the overall money goes down, bigger profit for the owners. But the union was fighting against it. So um, it's always there's always that type of stuff going on because at the end of the day, like, professional basketball is like, um, as a player, you're at the bottom of the totem pole. 
You know, like there's a bit, whole business in front of it sometimes. And sometimes as a player, you have to learn, understand like the business of things. Like it's, it's sometimes it's not your fault. You didn't do anything wrong. It's just the business. Yeah. You know, so you learn that too. And I think Joel has seen every part of that business. I think Zion now at this point has seen every part of that business. I have, um, a lot of guys have, a lot of guys have. So you see that, you learn it take it in you understand it and you kind of you know is what it is sometimes do you think there's a need for a for a union uh for the bbl i think it would be dope i think it'd be dope um i definitely think um guys should have an understanding of what they're worth and their value and um know what's okay what's not okay know what they should ask for you know no just you, you should just have certain things in place because you know some people have agents but an agent's job is to make sure make themselves money really yeah yeah but then they i mean you could have great agents like luckily in my time i've had good agents but you know some agents they like, they might not necessarily be looking out for the player they're going to be looking out for their relationship with a particular team because you're just one player it's not like you it's not like we're making like huge monies to the point where it's like taking care of my guy you know yeah so no you could need to take care of the relationship with the team and again that's part of the business you have to understand that so um just to have some people who would tell you like no nah, it's not supposed to be like this or don't worry it's okay it's gonna yeah, be yeah. right sometimes you have to understand too just because you have a contract doesn't mean things are gonna go the way the contract says you know be patient or 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 ask for a bit more or like yeah. you know this is and it comes from experience sometimes too has there been any conversations with players that you know in the league about setting up a union? Like, have you had any conversation with anyone about it, or you heard it? No, not yet, not no. yet, not yet. I thought, I thought I would take a look and see how things work and see how things are and see, you yeah, know, this year. Because it's something that Kieran Achara has already spoken about. He's spoken about. He's spoken about for years, but I think it's going to take. It takes. It's got to take one person to be proactive in actually trying to make it happen, and then sort of bringing everyone together, and then everyone will kind of go with them. Um, but at the moment, yeah, I don't think sort of that one person has, has sort of put their head above the the pulpit um so yeah uh okay so we just touched upon spain and then you ended up going to lmu mm. um so why did you end up signing there uh and sort of how did that talk about your sort of relationship with them whilst you're in spain and kind of why you chose to go there i went to lmu for for one for a coach named bill baino he's um he's an assistant to pacers right now at the time he was um School development coach at the Trailblazers when Brandon Roy was there. Brandon Roy was another one of my favorites. He was a killer. Uh, he was one of my favorites. Um, he came to Spain. He recruited me. He recruited Manic. Manic was supposed to go with me. Um, I went for him basically. Like I, I never saw the school. You know. You never um, went on a visit or anything. I, I ended up going on a visit, but you know, like my visit there. I went to UC Santa Barbara first, saw them. It's a beautiful campus. It's really nice. It's, it's another place where I would have went, would have gone if it wasn't for Baino at LMU. So I was supposed to go there. Then I was going to go to LMU. And I was going to go to Davidson too. So um, they didn't know Steph was going to leave yet. You know, but then he had that season. He had to run in the tournament. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. then he was gone. So they were like, yeah, we're trying to re-up. And I thought Davidson was going to be amazing. But um, Bob McKillop, 
he came he came to Spain. It's a funny story, like you know, he he, he he um he came to meet me. He was sitting down with me. He was talking to me. You know, I was being polite and everything. And he punched me in my chest. I looked at Rob. He did one of these. You know, so I'm like, all right, you know. Just, so I'm still talking to him. He punched me in my chest again. And I, and I, and I, went, I got mad. And I go, like, what are you doing? And like, why are you punching me? He's like, nah, see, I was just testing if you had that done. And that. And he's like, that's good. That's good. And I was like, yo, this old man is crazy. <laughs> oh, this old man is crazy. But um, he was really cool. He was really cool. But he um, he didn't like the fact that I wouldn't visit other schools. He was like, listen, he's like, if you if you feel like you want to visit other schools, then don't come here. You know? Really? Yeah, and, I, and that kind of got me the long way, and I was like, "All right, cool," you know. Yeah. I was like, "Cool," you know. I'm, I'm not from here. I don't know these places. I'm trying to see which one's best for me, and you know, that's how, if that's how you're gonna be, then I guess I won't go to your school. And that was it. So I didn't end up visit Davidson, but um, I kind of went to Santa Barbara, knowing I went into San NMU. I love my visit at Santa Barbara. When I went to NMU, there weren't even no students there. You know, school was out. Um, there was a transition period, new coach, you know. But um, I believed in the coach. You know, I believed in him. I went there for him. Fortunately, three month three months in, he he quit. Went uh -huh. back to the NBA. So wow. Yeah, so that was my first experience with the business. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then obviously we're stuck. You know, you can't go nowhere. The yeah. coach, the coach who came in afterwards, he was like, ah. Oh, Oh, you gotta put on fifty pounds, so you know you can be like Craig Smith. Remember Craig Smith, who played for Boston College, played for played for the Clippers for a while. I, I can't think who he is now. Yeah, he, they called him Rhino. He was like six seven. Big guy. He was like a four, but he was like, he's, you know, but yeah. he, you know, but he wouldn't mean to be like him. That wasn't my game, you know. I, I wouldn't be teammate. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> I'm like what. <laughs> And he's like, he's like, yeah, why is you ain't playing? So I was like, what do I do now? So no, I was working hard, wouldn't get no playing time. And, and but then one of our firemen, he um, tore his shoulder, and another fireman blew his ACL. So I was like, let me play the five, man, <laughs> so I can play. So he was like, all right. So then we was like one of the first college teams to play small ball, and um. Cause he, he, didn't, he didn't have a choice, and then we started playing well. So that's how they kind of started developing my inside game. So was that in your? Cause in your first season, you ended up getting a medical redshirt. It was your back. Was it your back? It was my back. Yeah. yeah. So that was like. So that was actually my. In. That was my. That was my sophomore year. So yeah, well, I did my back. I did my back three games in. Then I played. Three games th in. Then I played three games with my back. Uh, you know, but it got so to the point where it was just like I couldn't. I couldn't move. And, and the funny thing is, that, like, it got to like the first two games were in a tournament. Third game was at Wagner in New York, and then, but that third, the third game is when things kind of clicked, and I was like, okay, I got it now. Yeah, <laughs> and then my back goes, and uh, it's like, oh man. And then you're out the whole season. Yeah, I was out the whole season. So when you start playing the five, you're talking about your actual the it's next year. My sophomore year, yeah. well, my get shot freshman year. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that's when the coach was he really took over. Yeah, probably. How do you how do you look back on your college career? Um, it's alright. It's alright, you know. Um, school might not have been necessarily the best thing for me, basketball-wise. Um, 
but um, it was an amazing experience. Going to school right there in LA, you know, academically was amazing. I met amazing people, you know. I'm still close with people at the school, from the school, or the assistant coaches. Um, I don't think the I don't think the head coach, you know, was difficult for him because you know he didn't recruit us. But you know he took over. Yeah, he was really brought in to be the defensive coach, and then he ended up being the head coach. He's a bit of an old school guy, so you know, I don't know he didn't, he wasn't feeling me. Yeah, you know his ways. I spent. I feel like I spent too much time trying to impress him rather than just you know be who you are, who I am. Um, but um, I learned a lot. You know, I, I got a lot better. I wish. I wish I'd spent more time in the gym. You know, I, I wish I really just said F everything else and kind of just... Did you do a bit of partying and sort of living? Yeah, I mean, I was in school. You know, I, I, I was in school and I was around other people and then I was like, you know, I, I want to be, you know, part of this. I want to be part of school. But, you know, in hindsight, I, I don't think I did the wrong thing, you know, because I spent majority of my time in the gym. But still, I needed to be a bit better and I, need, I needed to I need to ask more questions like, you know, about my game and how to do certain things better, spend more time with people who knew what they were doing. Because we actually had a really talented team. We had a really talented team. Like one of the guy, one of the guys on our team, he went to Oregon his first year. He was on the team with um, James Harden, Chase Budinger, Jared Bayless, Austin Day. Like he was at uh, um, James Harden. Did I say his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, he he. I think they're called SoCal Elite. There's one in the top AAU teams from California at the time, and Pangos. Yeah, yeah, those teams, and um, we we had a lot of guys like that. Um, it was again like a situation with a really talented a team of a lot of talented players coming together, but needed, you know, because it's a new situation, and obviously the coach just left, who we all came here for, so the infrastructure wasn't quite there, so it was difficult to kind of keep things in place the way they needed to be. But um, yeah, I, I just feel like. I wish I had, you know, I didn't really know too much about the internet and how you can learn things from the internet, like I that I do that I know now. For instance, you know, like workout videos or whatever, you can get that from the internet now. Like you, <laughs> yeah. you can, the internet will literally show you how to play basketball. You know, but back then it wasn't like that. But you know, I just wish I'd done even more learning than I did. Yeah, I did a lot. Did a lot of learning. Worked out with a lot of people. Where I, I got to the point where you know, even now, like a lot of the workout guys, a lot of the that the pros work out with, like, you know, certain guys. I'll, these are the guys I work out with, just from the relationships I had in LA. You know, so um, it was amazing. But still, I wish I could have would done more. You know, and just dedicate myself purely to that rather than all the other stuff too. Uh, at what point did you know? That you were going to be a professional. I always knew I was going to be professional. Like when I was younger, I was for my first thing was like, okay, I'm going to play professional football. Like I, you know, that's it. You know, I had goals. I'd seen it. I was like, okay, when I'm 18, I'm going to play for England. You know, I wouldn't do a Michael Owen. You know, so um, I wouldn't score. You know, the goals in the World Cup. I wouldn't do Michael Owen. But then you know, when I got the growth spurt and everything else, I started. I like damn. I don't know if this is gonna happen now. And also, then I found basketball, and then from there it was like, 
I never I never took up a sport just to play the sport. I took up because I was like, okay, this is gonna be my job, this is gonna be my work. So that's how I would try to always try to approach it. So I always knew I was gonna play professional basketball. Um when I started playing everyone like, you know, people would tell me that, like, okay, you got a chance to be a, a pro. You know, how high, what level, you know, we'll see, you know, see how lucky you get, you know, see how unlucky you get. Then and it's always like like I said, I always go every level I got to at first it'd be like, Oh, whoa. I'd be like, man, okay. Yeah. I'm fine with this. I can give me some time, I'll 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 get it together. And and that's what's always happened given the opportunity. So, um yeah, I never really felt out of place. And it got to the point where like, you know, when I came out of school when it when it came time to impro everywhere I went, I always kinda felt like, you know, I kinda had certain things in place already, you know. I was a good communicator, I could play defence, you know, I could make plays. So I was, I was felt confident in my ability. Were you was the target the NBA? Like, yeah, were you yeah. confident that you were going to the NBA? Yeah, yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was. How how did you take that when you graduated? And it didn't happen. Um. Even when even when it didn't happen straight away, I, I you know I thought it was going to happen later, but um, for me for me it was the injuries. Even when I graduated my my senior year, like we we didn't we didn't have too much um. Like the we had some really good recruits come in, but um they were young, you know. So it it was difficult for our team my uh, my senior year. So it's when I first started getting the bad ten nights. So rather than let me heal, they had me play for, had me play through it. So when I went to, I, I ended up getting some. I got a really good agent just from. You went my, summer league one year, didn't you? Yeah, I went summer league my first year. So I went summer league. Worked out for like six teams, seven teams. Had some really good workouts. The Lakers called me back three times. You know, um, they really liked me. Um, the Kings bought my contract from the Lakers. They were ready to have me on for the for um, for training camp. But I remember the Lakers asked me one of my workouts, "Did I ask you injured?" And I was like. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> Mind you, my knees on fire. <laughs> my knees on fire because, cause, um, I remember my agent. Um, not my agent, but um, the guy who was working for him. He asked me. He's like, Ash, they ask you, are you injured? And I was like, Yeah, yeah, they did. He said, What'd you tell him? I said, Nah. He's like, Oh, okay, because they f- they thought your numbers would have been you know crazier. Like my my vertical jump and stuff. My numbers weren't weren't crazy. I mean, I I, I did good in the running, but couldn't jump I couldn't really do stuff the way I needed to just because my knee was so bad and um obviously I lied I mean to this day I kind of feel like damn maybe if I told them like yeah I'm hurting you know maybe they would have let you know yeah give me a chance heal me up and then seen evaluate reevaluated me but I, it's not a chance I was gonna, I, I could have taken off what I could take just because like I said I didn't have a big name I went from a big school whatever but um yeah still Kings got my contract from there um, I went to. I went, did training camp with the Kings for summer league. Things were going good. I went from that not being on the roster to starting day before summer league. We had a scrimmage at three sixty in Vegas, and um, when the bigs was coming down the lane, and um, I went to strip him, and my knee just went. I finished the scrimmage, but then I, you know. 
So then I go back to the room. I'm talking to the trainer. I'm like, yeah, my name. I'm like, what can you do? He's like, honestly, um, I don't know if I can do anything. You know, let's go get that fixed. I'm like, just give me a phone call. <laughs> I'm trying to phone call it out. You know, I'm like, y'all gotta play. <laughs> I gotta play. I was like, this is this is this is my shot. You know, this is my shot. Um, but um, what had you done? Huh? What had you actually done? It was just tendonitis, but it was, um, tendonitis. It was but it was it was bad. It was it was, it was really bad. Um, I actually had surgery on my knee on both my knees for years two two and a half years ago. Wow! So just because of tendonitis, it got so bad. Um. So yeah, I mean, from from my back to like the last time when I had to have surgery, before I had that surgery, this when I was in Italy and I went to Greece. Before I had that surgery, um, I was kind of thinking like I think I was twenty six, twenty seven. I was twenty six, and I was thinking like, mm, I don't know if I can keep playing. I know this is it hurts too much to go up and down the court. Even when I was in Ukraine, I was I had that good year in Ukraine, but then. It's, it's almost like overuse just because the other import got injured and then went to the playoffs and then you know in the playoffs it first went and then so I work out all summer I'm like you know working on my legs I'm gonna be okay yeah go to Italy and it's like oh man you know they're trying to give me injections so, so before games and stuff like that and I'm basically on one leg and then um yeah I was just struggling I was just, just struggling for the injuries and um Still, still doing well though. Yeah, but that's, that's the other thing with a, with a professional basketball career, right? Is that it does take its toll on your body, and you have time. to think about the fact that you know if you're done at thirty five, you still got another forty, fifty years of life. Yeah, and if you ain't got no knees or your back screwed or whatever, it's going to be a struggle, you know. Yeah, but it's a bit different. It's a bit different, like everyday life and living life to being a professional athlete. You know, like it's you know you can you can deal with certain injuries, but you can't play with certain injuries full time and be good at what you do so I, I just kind of I, I kind of came to a realization like okay I'm you know I'm almost 30 and just had surgery on both my knees no one's going to give me a shot and then after that first year someone you know I didn't get a shot the, se- the second league well my agent was like alright like you can go with some of the league it's no problem like teams like you you know these teams still like you you can come back but they're not going to give you a guarantee that you're going to play or they're gonna use you. Even that first year when I when I was at the Kings, like the the Lakers like me, right? And so my agent he called me, he's like, Yo, the Kings wanna bring you over to their to their side. I was like, Yeah, what about the Lakers though? Like it's we cool. No, Dan told me he was calling me by my first name, like it was good they didn't have any rookies, they you know, it was all it was open season basically, you know. That's the year I think Kobe just did his ACL. I mean, he's Achilles, okay. right? So it was like, to play well, you, you can get an opportunity, you know. So and yeah, like I said, everything was going, everything was going good over there, and that was you know the hometown team. Um, but you know, my agent was like, "Well, let me call Mitch Kupchak. Let me ask him if he's going to guarantee your spot on the team." And Kupchak was like, "Yeah, we like him, but we ain't, we ain't guaranteeing nothing. We got to see the summer league." See how he does, you know. See, you know, see how he does the next few weeks. And the Kings were like, "Oh, we guarantee it, you know. Yeah, you can come along." And then, um, so my agent was like, "Yo, the Kings said you're good." So I was like, "All right, I guess." Mind you, I didn't work out for him or nothing, 
But one of his other clients was DeMarcus Cousins, and he's at the Kings. So maybe that was part of it. So they were like, yeah, come on. So then I get there, but like the day I get there, they signed Luke and Barmute. So then it was like, oh, you know. That was another thing. Like the Mavericks were like, oh, we're going to take you number 44. They used my pick to take um to, to trade for Monte Ellis. Oh, really? So, like, you know, these all these things were just happening like that. So you fully thought you were going to get drafted? I fully thought I was going to get drafted. Wow. Um, the the, the uh, good card I told me, like, the same way you and I are sitting here like this, he's like, we're going to take you a 44. You know, or it's 44 or 42. They just have 40, 40. I don't know, it's the second round. They're like, we're going to take you. They're like, but even if we don't take you, how you feel about coming in here for summer league? And I was like, yeah, it'd be an honor. You know, yeah, I was, I was, I thought I was going to go to Dallas or the Lakers. And and I thought, I fully expected it. That draft day, you know, the first round, obviously, I wasn't paying attention. But second round, like, I was like, yeah. Where were you? Were you watching on TV or? I was at home. I was watching on TV. I, I fully expected to get drafted just from the talks, from the workouts. You know, obviously, I've been around guys who, you know, I've been around the Dolly picks. I did, they were like, all the teams that had the Dolly picks brought me in to work out against these guys. And I was like, yeah, okay, I can do this. I'm good. You know, and just, um, I feel like I showed good leadership. I was talking. I was, you know, I was getting these guys, like, together in the workouts. And, um, yeah, and like I said, the Lakers brought me back three times. Dallas was amazing. One of the guys working out with me in Dallas was Rodney McGuga. And now he's with the, with the Heat, you know. He's done really well for himself. So I fully expected to get jobs. But then just one thing happened after another... You know, how, how did you feel when you know the forty fourth pick or whatever pick it was went past and you didn't hear your name? I was I was I was a little bit confused, you know. I was like, why would they say this? Or why was it just gassing me up? Just, is this something they said to everyone? But, you know, I, I, it, it, it was you know it was disappointing, disappointing, you know, because that was like one of the dreams didn't happen the way I wanted to. But at the same time, I was like, okay, yeah, no, don't worry, I'm 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 gonna go, I'm gonna show them. You know, so then, you know, I went to the Lakers, started training camp with the Lakers. And so I used to come in early. And um, this one, Kobe be going around and he's, you know, he had, he'd just done the Achilles, he had his things, but Kobe would still be at the gym, be there early. So, you know, I'm like, Kobe in there, I gotta be in there. Let me work out. I'll be with the trainer and stuff like that. Then I'll go practice. Then we rest. Then we practice again. Then we rest. I'll be, be dead after those workouts. <laughs> And um, yeah, three days in, got got a call. Yo, the Kings want to buy you. I was like, but I like it here. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, don't be. It's not about that. Like, are they guaranteeing your spot? And I, I don't know. He's like, I'll call. And obviously, you know, Cup Chat was like, nah, I don't guarantee it, but we like him. The Kings were like, come along, go to the Kings. But first, when I got there, they they weren't calling anyone, any of us by our first names except for Ben McLemore. And Gary McCollum Jr. They were those were their draft picks. Everyone else was a number. By the end of the week, I was getting called by my first name. Everything was good, you know. We was in Vegas. It's crazy, man. <laughs> it was, What's the NBA experience like? Like, obviously, you know. First of all, summer league. For summer league is like summer camp for the NBA. Like, all the players are there. Yeah. All the players are there. Like, even if they're not, you know, with their teams or whatever, all the players are there. Um, everyone goes out at night, you know, hangs out. It's like a big community. It's dope, man. Like it's the environment. The environment is great. It's great. And then obviously they cover everything, right? You get. Do you get a per diem? We got one twenty four a day. 
dollars. Well, yeah. So that was that was like, but we got we got that one twenty four day when we was um practicing too. Okay. So mind you, even when we, even even when I was at the Lakers, the Lakers had us at like this like they had like a hotel next to the next to the old Lakers facility. Yeah. And we stayed there, but they still gave us one twenty four a day. So we got every day we got one twenty four. But the thing about Vegas is, like. That one twenty four, you can spend it easily in that day. <laughs> so if you get breakfast, breakfast costs like thirty thirty dollars. You know, and you get lunch sixty, dinner ninety, go out, it's gone. <laughs> you know, and then um, and you're you're on your own. You get there, you check in the hotel, and they'd be like, okay, you got practice at this time. We're going here at this time. Bus is even at this time. You know, first bus is at this time, second bus is at this this time. You just gotta be there for the bus. That's it. You you on your own. Do what do what you want. So a lot of the guys they were like, I'm saving this money. I don't know when I'm getting my next check. I'm going to McDonald's. I'm like, what? You're crazy. I need to. We gotta take care of ourselves. I'm like, <laughs> you lived a good life. Yes. <laughs> yes. I know. I didn't know. Next time, you know. I I mean like, again, like I felt very comfortable in the environment, but at the same time, I wasn't trying to be naive or. Or whatever you know. First of all, like I f- when I thought things were gonna go one way in the draft, it didn't go that way. You know, so now I'm in this situation. I wasn't, you know, I was, like, I was gonna make the most of it. I was gonna enjoy it. I was gonna work hard, and but I thought I was gonna, I thought I was gonna do my do enough to work my way onto the team. I yeah. said I had no doubts. Mike Malone was a coach at the time, you know, and he was dope. And then you know he was, you know, we were cool. Was your agent bringing you offers from Europe at the same time whilst you were still in? Not yet. Not yet. Nah. It was purely, it was purely NBA. Yeah, it's purely NBA, and I was with him before the NBA. Um. Yeah, I, I just, I just believed that I could, you know, it was gonna work out because I always had that belief. It don't matter where I'm at, I'm gonna work to. I feel like I was smart enough, I was a good enough person, and I was a hard enough worker, and a good enough athlete and basketball player to adapt to that level. And I thought once I'm in there, I'm only gonna get better. I'm gonna make the most of it. So um, the hardest part was getting in, and yeah, just my body betrayed me, man. Body betrayed me. That was the mo- that was the most difficult part when my knee went, and it was like I just felt like, like why, why am I getting all these injuries? Like why is it always happening to me? Like you know, yeah. but tough. Yeah, that was that was the hardest part. That was for sure the hardest part. I wasn't so much that things didn't happen the way one the two, but the fact that I got the injuries and then you know. It's like you didn't even get a fair shot, almost. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's kind of how I felt over my career, and even when I was at school, you know, I broke my hand. You know, obviously I just done my wrist. Yeah. Um, I did my, the even one of my meniscus is messed up now, still from school. So I, you know, I've 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 had a lot of different things, but you now I've always f- battled through them. Yeah. You know, so it's part of the game too, though. <clears throat> So um, I've got, I'm aware of time here, so we'll wrap up sh- shortly. But mm. just quickly, I just do want, do want to talk about the transition, you know, to, to being a professional basketball player and sort of, I guess, looking at it uh, sort of high rather than going into the weeds because, you know, re- normally if we had the time, we'd go into every single place you've been and everything else. So ultimately, when you when you, you first signed in Europe, the team you first signed with was in Italy, right? And you ended yeah. up leaving after like three games? Yeah, was yeah. They Pizzle, rele- was they, re- they released you, or you left, or like, what was the situation they, there? They released me. Um, obviously, um, um, I just come from somebody. I've been injured. 
So I got there at the end of September. I was supposed to go to um, a team in Poland, but um, I didn't want to go to Poland. <laughs> Did not want to go to Poland. Funnily enough, though, they ended up winning that league, uh, VTB League, and they played Euro League the next year. <laughs> they wanted me in a two-year deal. So, oh no, that's my first. That's that's one of my first bad. Yeah, it's one of my first bad or wrong decisions. But my agent was like, "Yo, you want to go to Poland? You want to go? You, oh, you want to go to Italy?" I was like, "Italy." <laughs> He's like, "All right, don't get in the plane." Because I was at the airport. I was at the airport. LAX. He was like, "Yo, you want to go to Poland? You want to go to Italy?" I said, "Italy." <laughs> He's like, "All right, don't get in the plane." Oh wow! So it was you were basically going to be going to Poland. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Italy offer came through last minute. They were calling me. They were like, "Yo, what's going on?" And I was like, yo, um, I, I told my agent, I was like, what do I do? He's like, don't don't pick up the phone. <laughs> he said, uh, he said, he said, you probably won't be going, you probably won't play in Poland in your career though. I was like, I don't know. I said, I'm not worried about that. <laughs> and he's like, um, a good professional start to your professional career. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I listen to my agent. You know? And he was like, he's like, don't worry about it. You'll be fine. You know. So um, I get to Italy. I get to Italy, and um. I get there at the end of September. Team had been together for like a month, month and a half. Now I get there my first day when the point guards tears his ACO. So now we've got the backup who's 36 at the time. And we've got five inputs. So obviously, you know, I'm trying to find my way. So I'm coming off injury, whatever. So the first week, week and a half is a bit, a bit shaky. I'm still getting used to European game and everything else. So um second week I'm I'm catching it, you know. First game, I had like eight and five off the bench in like fifteen minutes. I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna be okay. <laughs> second game they don't play they don't play me no more. Mind you the the before the first game at home, the the thirty six year old point guard, he get injured he gets injured too. He's out both our PGs is out. So um the second game they play me for like, play me for two minutes, take me out. Second half, play me for another minute, take me out. You know, donuts across the board. Um, third game, same thing. First home game, same thing. In the first game, we played Avellino, who were, were I, think, I think at the time they were Euro, Euro Cup. We were supposed to lose that game by 30 at Avellino, first game of the season, win that game. So it was big time for us. Um, second game, we played... Um, Cantu at Cantu we lost by 10 and third game third game we played um, I forgot I forgot the name of the team but um, again two minutes in um, no PT two minutes in no pulled me second half one minute pulled me now my dad was going to come to the next game but by then they you know I got the phone call from my agent yeah um so they want to go in a different direction, you know, they need a, they, they, you know, it weren't working out. Basically, when I got there, I was like, okay, I need to get back to the league, you know. So, at first, the coach put me in the four, so I'm like, you know, got the Italian four of me. The, the play was, I think one of the plays was like, you know, guard bring the ball to court, reverse it through the four, swing it, weak side pick and roll, whatever. I was getting it, jab, goal, finish. Jab, go finish. He's like, yo, okay. I know you can go by him. You know, run the play. All right. Jab, go finish. 
he's like, yo, what? I'm like, yo, he's he's not stopping me, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. He's off me, shut, you know. I was literally saying like, I was like, okay, I got I got a show. I'm I'm better. I can, you know. And it wasn't working out. I, I mean, it's not what they wanted, you know. Um, it was confusing for me because I was working hard. You know, I was playing good defense most of the time. The coach would be like, "Bravo, Ashley, bravo!" But at the same time, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't doing what he wanted. Yeah. So you know, he ended up, he ended up making decision that you know. How much of that was a dent to your confidence when you found out? Like, did it, did it bother you in any type of way? Like, I mean, it was heartbreaking. It was my first, it was, it was the first time I got cut. It was hard. I mean, I guess second time because you know, Kings cut me. Yeah. That was that. that I mean, I, me- I remember Mac Madone called me over for that one. We was in summer league, so um, was getting getting ready for the first game. And I couldn't practice that day, and you know, and Mike Maloney was like, "Ash, come over, Ash. Got to talk to you real quick." But, but Vlade Divac was there. I looked at Vlade; he was doing this. <laughs> I was like, "Bad news, huh?" Mike was like, ah, "Yeah, <laughs> bad news, man." I said, "We gonna let you go, man. Like your knees messed up." I was like, "You sure?" He's like, ah, no goody, man. He looked at he looked at Vlade like this, no goody, man. Vlade was like, I was like, I know, I know, problem, man. I appreciate you guys, you know. Then you know, it was it was cool. Took out they, they, you know, they were cool. I took my phone model though. They, you know, the 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 train the physio called me later. It was like, oh, that's what happened to that, to to the phone model. Did you did you ever give it back? I was like, ah, oh, man, I think it's in my bag. Yeah. <laughs> I said, you want me to send it back to you? He's like, nah, nah. I said, you can have that. You can have that. I said, damn, I should have taken more stuff. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was the first time. But then when I got this, set, when I got this phone call, like this came out of nowhere. This came yeah. out of nowhere. This three games in, but obviously, like you know, later on, I found out like um, so, um, really big Italian agent who was uh, um the partner for my agency um for my agent in, in the states. He had told me like basically. They needed another player. They didn't have a budget for another player, so um, they needed a guard, you know, because we didn't have a point guard, and um, they wanted to bring in an, uh, an American guard, so because they needed someone to play big minutes and everything else, and they had to sacrifice someone, so they sacrificed me, you know. So that's why they stopped playing me. That's why they stopped, you know, right. giving me an opportunity. There's no point even putting you in a rotation because they've, they've planned that you weren't going to be around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they just took me out of the rotation because they kind of made it look like I was, I wasn't ready, I wasn't good enough. Whereas, you know, maybe if I had been better, that wouldn't have happened. But at the same time, you know, it's my first year. Yeah. You know, um, so was your contract guaranteed in any way? Did you get any type of payout for for getting cut, or was it? Just they pay. I mean, they pay me for the rest of the year. So oh, yeah, okay. So I went to the second division. I went to the second division, but I was still on my first division contract. And then you got a second division contract as well, I assume. So you yeah, had, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so you did it right out of it. Yeah, I mean, when I think about it now, by the time I was like, because when I first got there to second division, I was like, <laughs> this ain't it, you yeah. know. Saying it because I, I just felt like a lot of the guys, like, um, again, what you find around Europe and around different places, like, people are comfortable with where they get. So, you know, some people are never striving to get to the next level, or some people are never like, you know, this is fine for them. Okay, no, I've got my job, I'm getting paid. This is okay, you know, it's my life. It is what it is. You know, we win, we win, we lose, we lose. And I was like, no, like, I we supposed to want to get better. We supposed to, 
So I had to understand that too. Like, you know, everyone thinks the same. Not everyone goes about their business the same. Not everyone, you know, plays yeah. the game for the same reasons. Yeah. So there was that. And, um, yeah, just different environment. I mean, again, it was good for me. I learned, I learned a lot. I met good people. I was around good people and had a good season. I had a good first season that, you know, hit my first game with her, put the ball in the hands. They put me back on the wing. You know, um, it worked out right in the end. It worked. It worked out very well in the end. But still, I mean, it was it was hard. It was hard to. It was hard. It was hard. Like that's the only team. When I got cut, like I, I left all my stuff. I didn't take any of the stuff. Like they gave us so much gear, I didn't take any of it. And you know, they were like, "Oh, do you want to send us your stuff? Do you want to send you that stuff?" I'm like, "No, nah, I don't want it. I don't want none of it. I don't want none of it." Like that's the only team. Like I kind of like completely like, distanced myself from it. Yeah. You no. Know? Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Look, we need to we need to wrap up, and I think what we're gonna have to do is get you on again sometime uh, because right. there's just so many stories that. Uh, it's been we, many years. Like man. It's been many years. Been many years. Um, the one question I do want to ask you, uh, just to wrap up on, I know there's a lot. There's a lot of young people that end up watching this. A lot of young players that kind of you know want to be where you are and do the things that you've done. You know, if you were to give advice to, um, you know, a younger player coming through that wants to wants to be where you are and be a mm. professional basketball player, you know, what would you say? First of all, don't be scared to ask questions, man. When you see um, all of us are very accessible, um, we all come from humble backgrounds and humble beginnings, and and we understand what it's like. So, like you know, you see Justin ask me a question, you see me ask me a question, you see Matt, you see anyone on our team, anyone that I know in particular, or anyone you know around the BBO that's British, ask them a question. You know, how can I be better? Um, if if I can help you, I can help you. If you can't, you can't. At the same time, um listen to the advice that people give you like sometimes we feel like we hear something we're like oh okay 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 but you would go do it another way or you know you think you know a better way to do it you know which we, we, it's natural it's human you know but um listen man listen listen to what people tell you and i would say um one of the most important things to do is make sure that you're coachable and you listen you know it's very important to be able to you can make a team simply by listening, being on time, and not being an issue for the coach. You know, he might have you on if you're if you're the last guy on the bench. You know, be the last guy on the bench. You know, at least you're the last guy at the bench. When now when you're the last guy on the bench, you can play your way into being a, the the eleventh man, the tenth man, the ninth man. Sometimes you have to pay your pay your dues. You know, you know you have to understand that um, professional sports, professional basketball is. It's not necessarily a fun sport. It's a satisfaction sport. You get satisfaction out of the work that you put in. It's fun in the summertime when you come home and you see your boys and you play with your boys and and uh, um and you know, you work out and you work in your game. But the season's not always fun, you know, being in certain situations and dealing with professional things and and, and organizations of and things of that nature, it's not necessarily fun. So you have to understand that too. Cool. That is a perfect place to wrap it up. Ash, uh, thank you so much for making the trip east. It's much appreciated and uh, I look forward to getting you back on again at some point in the future. Thanks for having me, Sam. You are listening to the Hoops Fix podcast, the official voice of the UK's largest basketball website. Visit hoopsfix.com for exclusive news, videos and more.